we're going to spend some time in the Bible. So let's pray and uh, get stuck into this. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and um, just being able to be your people and be in your presence. I thank you that when we open the Bible and our life to you, you come and fill fill us with a revelation of Jesus and you come and mould our life so that it would be a life of fullness and joy that gives glory to you and hope to the world. And so we welcome you to come and make our life very full this morning as we spend time in the Bible. For your name's sake, we ask it, Jesus. Amen. All righty. You know, I was just thinking um, yesterday about two scriptures. One was uh, the book of Daniel, where Daniel is um, prophesying about how a... um, a rock would fall from heaven and it would like crush every other kind of kingdom in the earth and then when that rock hit the earth that rock would go on to expand and grow and completely fill the earth and such is the nature of the kingdom of God and um, and I was just like Lord we need more of that expanding kingdom of who you are and what you said you would do in Jesus in in the earth today so Lord you know if if my life, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm full with you, it, make it fuller <laughs> because the kingdom, according to Daniel, would be this ever-growing, dynamic, expansive reality of the work and love of God in the earth. And the other one I was thinking about was Paul's, Paul's letter to the Colossians in, in Colossians chapter 1 where you read about it. Paul's in prison and he's writing to the church though and he says, he says um, something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing here, so to the effect of, I'm, you know, I continue to thank God for you in prayer um, because the work that we began among you continues t- to grow from when we first met you and is continuing to bear fruit. In other words, again, even for the Apostle Paul from prison is articulating to the people of the kingdom, there is this ever-expanding, fruitful, dynamic reality of the rule and reign of God, both in the church, in individuals, and in the earth. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning to look for the edge. As you're listening to our teaching this morning, as we continue to plow into this um, equipping area of spiritual gifts, I want you, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to look for the edge of where you have lived and, and, and where God is inviting you to grow and expand into new kingdom territory or new kingdom experience or new kingdom dynamic as his kingdom like Daniel said grows to fill the whole earth or like Paul said to the church continues to bear more and more fruit in you look for that that edge and usually that edge well I find for me that edge whenever I spend time in the Bible and listening to the Holy Spirit that edge the first sign I know I'm at the edge is usually a little bit of resistance that's where I know the ed- where the edge is. It's, about, it's a bit like, you know, stepping up to the edge of a, a diving board that's, you know, the 10, the 10 metre. I don't know if anyone's ever done... Has anyone ever stepped off the 10 metre platform? Okay, we've got a few. <laughs> we've got a few courageous ones. Uh, you get to the edge, or you might not have had to go to the 10 metre one. You might have gone to the 2 metre one and experienced a little bit of a, whoa, <laughs> it's that 
that's where the edge is of the expanding work of God in our lives. So pay attention to when, you, when you're listening and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you this morning and you have that little moment of, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to go any further than this. That's, that's the point where God is waiting and inviting you to follow him from that into new kingdom experience and territory in your life, okay, and your discipleship with Jesus. So pay attention to that moment. It'll be different for all of us. It'll be very different for all of us. But just listen for the help of the Holy Spirit in that. Now, last week, we, uh, we commenced a series on, on teaching into the, the gifts of the person of the Holy Spirit in the church, on the church, and through the church to the world. And we, talk, we, talked, we did a big sort of overview and we looked at who we are as the vineyard, um, a peculiar and yet very precious and important part of the body of Christ in our nation and how God has blessed much of the body of Christ and continues to bless much of the body of Christ through the vineyard movement as people who understand that the ministry of Jesus is not something that's kept in the in the grip and and the um, um, only the work of the what you would say the professional religious uh, people, you know, at, and church leaders, priests, pastors, reverends, whatever tradition you may be coming from, it's it's not their ministry. It's the ministry of Jesus. And one of the things that the vineyard did was help and continues to do is to help realize that that the role of pastor, prophet, apostle, teacher, and so on, is actually to get, to get the whole body of Jesus Christ off, off the sideline and onto the field of kingdom ministry where Jesus is breaking into the world and touching people with his love. That's, that's our role, is to equip the saints. And that's what, something that is very precious and that we in the vineyard love. And that's why we always take time to create safe environments and space for people to explore that and to gr- not just explore it, but to grow in that. And there's this whole scripture there in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's, one of his opening statements in that chapter is, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And it's interesting because that particular church that Paul was writing to was a flurry with spiritual power and gifting. It was, I mean, it had oodles of Holy Spirit gifting manifesting as they were meeting. And yet Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about it. So, you know, think of that in your own life. Personally, first, how much do I really know of the person of the Holy Spirit and his gifts? And that dynamic work through my life and is there ignorance there and is there an opportunity for me to actually grow and Paul says I don't want you to be ignorant and then later on in 1 Corinthians 12 at the end of it he says eagerly pursue the gifts of the Spirit in other words don't be passive and it's and and the way that he's written it in the language that he writes it he's writing it not like a well if you want to He's, he's writing it with a statement of command to the body of Christ. He's saying to the church, eagerly pursue this. No if, but, or maybe. 
It's a command to the body of Christ, the way he's writing it. And so it's like, what am I going to do with this kind of emphasis from the heart of God for the body? You've got to realize, though, and I think we, we realize this here at the Vineyard, and we want to continue to facilitate this, is that spiritual gifts, it's not about, it's not about you. It's for the common good. It's for the building up of those that you're doing life with for the sake of those that you walk alongside life with during the course of a week so that they too would know Jesus and come into the kingdom of God and become a part of the fellowship of believers. So it's not about you and yet it's through you. It's an inter- that's an interesting thing to hold on to. So again, um, we're just we, we get, we're going to explore this because this year we believe that God has said we need to really fan this into flame and encourage this. I shared some stories last week about when Nicole and I came first into the things of the power of the Holy Spirit. But I, I, might, I just for those of you who are unfamiliar with who the Vineyard Movement is, I might just recap one story of who we you know is our our um, you know our founding father of the movement who was John Wimber. Now John's gone on to be with the Lord. But John, um, he, his background was he was a musician and um, w- would write music and he was um, working in Las Vegas. He, his, his life was pretty much um, very worldly and, and so he's writing music and so forth for a group called the Righteous Brothers. Some of you who may be may know that, who the Righteous Brothers are. Others of us may be going, who never heard of that? <laughs> so you can look them up later. But anyway, they were a great act. They were a great act. And he was writing music for those guys. But he, his life was um, full of just worldly realities. His, his marriage and family life wasn't great. And yet he, he had an encounter with Jesus. And his friend invited him to come to church. And the first time he went to church with his friend, they go through the service. And it was a, it was a I, th- I can't remember the brand, I th- but it was a fairly conservative historical church, you know, kind of a three hymn sandwich type deal. And, uh, uh, you know, they get to the end of it. And at the end of it, John turns to his friend, because everyone's about to leave, and John turns to his friend and says, is, is this it? When do we get to do the stuff? And his friend said, what stuff? You know, he said, the stuff that's in the book. In other words, what Jesus did that's in the Bible. When do we get to do the stuff? And his third statement was, I gave up drugs for this. In other words, it, it, that was at the time he was saying, I've given everything of who I once was so that I can connect with Jesus and everything that he does with a person's life. And so for John very much from the start in his relationship with God and then influenced through the vineyard movement and right across the body of Christ in the, uh, in the world um, was this understanding that we, he wanted to, and through him, God wanted to equip everyone to do the stuff that Jesus does. And, and so he went on about doing that. And so us too here at the vineyard, at Vineyard Pine Rivers, we want to be a powerful vehicle through whom God is doing his stuff in the world and through the church. And so we're going to take some time to continue to sort of press into this whole area of the gifts of the Holy Spirit.
and what it means for us to be in ministry today. Um, now, last week we went through a few key scriptures, and um, you may remember some of those. Ephesians 4, 11, that was the one I was just sort of pressing into about the role of those in ministry, sort of more formally recognized role and function within the body of Christ, their role is to equip the church so that they might be built up. Uh, Romans 12, we read through Romans 12 together, together and highlighted there. So in Christ, we are, who are many, we form one body and each member belongs to the other. And so to come into the kingdom and belong to the people of Jesus or the community of the Holy Spirit, it means that I'm here for you before I'm even here for me. I'm here for you and you're here for me. And together we're here for each other because of what Jesus is doing. And it's, so, it's, this, it's incredibly countercultural, isn't it? Because we're, we're, we're groomed very differently in the context of our world which is, no, it's all about me, my comfort, and I'll only do what I want to do and don't offend me by inviting me to not be about myself. <laughs> so um, this is where the kingdom of God is, is, is creating a whole other culture in the earth um, through the person of Jesus in his church. Um, so it's this understanding that we belong to each other and that we have different gifts and according to the measure of grace that's on us, we operate in those gifts. And we can talk about the measure of grace a little bit later on. Um, the other key scriptures we've mentioned, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There's different kinds of service, but the same love. And there's different kind of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. And now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So you can see the sort of the, the, the soil of of where God's kingdom really grows and, and works is in the, in the body of Christ. And through the body, um, people come alive to the work of the Spirit. And finally, in the, in, at, the, at the end of that one there, and all of these works are of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one as he determines. And I'll touch a bit more on that this morning. Uh, we spoke about verses 14 to 20. You know, we, you know, we talked about how Paul spoke about the different parts of the body. We're not all the same, but there's this great sense of celebration that when the arm is doing what it's meant to be doing, you know, the eye is really happy. <laughs> and when the eye is doing what the eye is meant to be doing, you know, the arm is functioning well too. There's this great sense of synergy about understanding ourselves as the body, the common good, the community of the spirit. And how God actually has a way of apportioning grace to people that they find their fit. They find their fit. And they, then they function out of the generosity of finding their fit in the body. Um, I, want, I would say that perhaps a lot of people don't want to belong to the church or the body of Christ is because they haven't found their fit. And I think a lot of that is not on their end. I think a lot of the responsibility on that is on my end and the, and the leaders of the body of Christ who actually haven't equipped people to know their fit and to release them to do the stuff. And so a great deal of people are frustrated because it's like, I, don't, I know I'm meant to be doing something, but I've spent the last 20 years just being told to sit here and be quiet. <laughs> and so 
God, God's inviting his people to be the community of the Holy Spirit. And that's a big, that's a big responsibility on, on my end as someone who's um, been called to equip the saints for the body of Christ. But Paul here in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 12, 14 to 20 talks about how God apportions people into the right place and space to function accordingly. And ultimately, though, verse 27, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Whether you feel like you're, not, you're a part of it or not, you are if you've said yes to Jesus. <laughs> if you've said yes to Jesus, you've said yes to his kingdom and part of his kingdom work is his church in the earth. And so you're a part of it. Um, and so we just tapped on these things last week. It, these gifts are for building up the body. Um, and as the body, we belong to each other. Spiritual gifts are given for the common good, and they are given as the Lord determines. And um, this is who we are, in which we, I find my place and purpose as an active member of the body of Christ. Now, yes, we, we ser- and that's the other thing, is the, the language around all of this is of service. The context is of service to the Lord and to his people. Um, and so we'll touch on that in a minute too, but... Wimber had these things to say on gifts of the Spirit. He said, first and foremostly, what's the source of the Spirit? Well, the source of the Spirit, is uh, these gifts, is the Holy Spirit himself. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and also Hebrews 2, verse 4, reads this. God, also bearing witness with them, both through signs and wonders, and by manifold powers, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. The source is the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the source of the gifts. He is the one who brings them to us. Um, and just like it says there in Hebrews 2, he joins and partners out as part of the Godhead and with us to proclaim the kingdom of God is here through signs, wonders, miracles, miracles and gifts as he directs. As he directs. The recipients, who gets to receive the gifts? What's the community of the Spirit? Well, do you have to be a mature believer? Or can I be an immature believer? And I think that I think even the use of that language is the problem. It's the problem. Um, because we, what we want to do is we want to look at each other and say, well, you're worthy of operating in the gifts because you've grown up and you've got good character. And you're not because you're still stumbling and falling or you haven't got maturity about you. So, you know, maybe one day. Um, and, but it's interesting, though, um, that Paul, like I said, you've got to remember when he wrote to the Corinthian church, they were aflame with the gifts of the Spirit. But, they, I mean, they were turning up to communion drunk as. And there was all sorts of, you know, sexual stuff going on in the church that was rank as. And yet the Spirit of the, of the Lord was pouring himself out in power and they were manifesting the gifts of the Spirit with great intensity. And Paul's, Paul's word to them in their immaturity of character was not stop using the gifts, but here's how to use them well. Here's how to operate in them in a healthy way. So it's not about you've got to be mature to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And it's not about you're too immature to be able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The qualification is the fact that God, like we read earlier, God determines who he wants to put his spirit on and the way he wants to function through them. It's totally on his end. 
our end is the availability. Whether we feel particularly mature or immature is actually irrelevant. That's our issue of disqualification or qualification. Not God's. Not God's. That's our issues of, of qualification and disqualification. I mean, to get it today, to get employed, to get a job, to find yourself somewhere, we're grown up, groomed, educated and empowered to get qualified. Because if you're not qualified, you can't participate. Well, the qualification factor here of participating in the power and the gifts of the Spirit to do the works of Jesus is Jesus himself. He's the qualifier. He's qualified you and I to be able to join in with what God is doing in the earth and functioning in the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't that a wonderful relief? That's, that, this, the church is the only place in the, in the earth where the qualification to do the stuff is on God's, on God's account. He's qualified us. Praise God for that. The recipients. Um, the essence or uh, the gifts that are, the, are gracelets. Now, uh, unfortunately, we kind of look at people who function in, it doesn't matter whatever sphere of life or business or vocation that you're in or parenting stage or phase we always look at those around us that have maybe gone before us and we tend to actually elevate and promote those as they've got it all together they know and we do the same thing with spiritual gifts they know how to do it they know how to operate in the things of the spirit and but and then what we do is we idolize those people and if you can remember in the book of acts when when um peter and john are. uh are talking to people about the things of the Spirit. I think it's in about Acts 14, I think. They're talking about God. The Spirit turns up. And then all of a sudden, everyone around them starts thinking they're Zeus and Hermes. They're thinking that these are two guys are two of the Greek gods who have stepped down from the heavens and are operating in the manifest power of God. And they start sacrificing to these guys. Could you imagine that? They start like... You're so, you're so worthy. You're so worthy. And they start like, hey, let's slaughter some animals. Let's bring you our food. Let's, let's bow down to you. Could you imagine people doing that? And they're doing that to these guys. And so these guys are like, hey, you don't get it. And the scriptures say they ripped off their shirts to say, we're just human beings just like you. What, what you're seeing here is actually the lordship of Jesus Christ breaking into the earth through his proclamation of his kingdom and his spirit accompanying this with power signs wonders gifts and miracles um, so the essence is these are tools not trophies got to hear that we've got to approach it like this these are tools of the heart of god for the expansion of his kingdom it's not trophies it's not how oh, you've been good you've proved yourself and here you go you've qualified you can now have a go at prophesying. That's, that's not how it works. These are tools of the heart of God's kingdom through Jesus, and therefore service. 1 Peter 4.10 reads, Each one of us should use whatever gift that we have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Are we getting that? Are we hearing that? If anyone speaks, they should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with all of the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So even if we're functioning 
in the maximum sense of the measure of grace that's on our life and we feel like, oh man, I'm in such a sweet spot with the Holy Spirit right now and his gifts are just like flowing and it's all good. The fruit of all of that is to the greater glory of God forever and ever and praise of his name. Amen. So again, it's like, no, no, no. The end goal is not me. I'm not, don't look at me. It's coming through me, but it's all about him. All about him. This is how and where spiritual gifts work best. Their purpose is basic to edify and build up the saints, equip the saints, and to glorify God. And the motive, it's really interesting that in 1 Corinthians, uh, between chapters 12 and 14, where there's two massive sections on encouraging people to get into this. Don't be ignorant. Don't be passive. Give yourself wholeheartedly to this. Paul writes this wonderful, wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians 13, and it's all about love. You know, he says, you know, we don't want, we don't want to be a, a, doing all this stuff but having no love because we have no love. We can be doing all this stuff, but we sound like a, like a crashing cymbal. It's like, yeah, I can see God's moving in power through you, but there's like, uh, it feels, there's a disconnect there somewhere. It's not landing. Love. Key, key, key. Read, I mean, you've probably been to a hundred weddings and heard that scripture read out, you know, at the wedding. Um, 1 Corinthians 13. It's, it's like the centerpiece of, of the book of Corinthians. And so Paul took great measure to speak into this as well. Now, I want to talk just very briefly this morning about how um, I want to address the issue, um, are gifts constitutional? Now, that's a, what I'm really trying to say there is the gifts that you have, is that it? Is that all I have and is that my gift? And, and often we've been... Uh, in the body of Christ, we've been historically taught that that is the only position. That, okay, since coming to Christ, you've received the Spirit, and now here's your gifts. You have the gift of this or that. You have the gift of tongues, or you have the gift of prophecy, or you have the gift of faith, you have the gift of working of miracles, um, you have the gift of leadership. And, and, and people have we have responded to that kind of teaching in a very boxed framework, in a very contained way. I would want to suggest that, and I think the scriptures suggest this, and, and, and that, um, that yes, some giftings of the Holy Spirit can be like this, constitutional. In other words, they're part of your makeup in Christ. There is a sense in this. And uh, for example, there, Timothy who um, Paul is writing to, he's, he's encouraging him, don't neglect your gift. So it's interesting how the sense of perspective there in ownership of the gifting is on Timothy's end, uh, as Paul's writing to him here. He's saying, don't neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. In other words, there's something resident in Timothy that's there that may be by the sounds of Paul's letter to Timothy, was under pressure. Timothy was young, he was, a, he was a new leader in the kingdom and the body of Christ, and he was probably feeling the pressure of some of that. 
and his leadership was under duress and people were probably giving him a, eh, yeah, not sure about you. And, he's, and, and he, he may even be pulling away a little from the measure of grace and the work of the Spirit that's on his life. And so Paul's encouraging him, stay in there, mate. Lean into this. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect this work of God that's been, um, in this case, um, given you through a sense of impartation when the body of Christ laid their hands to you. So in one sense, there is this, whether I'm using these gifts or not, they're there on one end. And that's, but most folk, we have through time looked at that very much through and understood that through the lens of our personality. Oh, I'm an extrovert. So therefore, I will, you know, I'm, I, I can operate in the sort of the public gifts, verbal gifts, um, demonstrative gifts, no problems. Or I'm an introvert. I don't like operating in those gifts, those sort of gifts that manifest with demonstration and power. I, I prefer more the, the quieter gifts like intercession um, and, and um, administration and helps and service. I, 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 you know, our personalities have very much influenced the way that we've responded to these gifts. But Wimber, um, in his teaching and his take on this, he actually would say that this whole sense of manifestation um, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4, uh, sorry, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Yes, verse, uh, verses 4 to 7, he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And in verse 11, later on, as he determines, as God determines. This whole sense of that word manifestation is revealing or this dynamic sense of the festivity of God is to go, look at that. I bet you didn't know that was there. And look at that. Isn't it amazing how I can use this person to do this? And it's not, it's not on that static end. It's not on that constitutional end. It's on a situational end. It's like, I just found myself in this situation. God's spirit came upon me and look at that. These gifts were operational for the well-being of the people I was with. And it wasn't based on my personality. It wasn't based on who I thought I was. It wasn't based on how, how much I love myself or care about myself or whether I self-loathe myself or what. It was just like I was there. I invited the Spirit to come and then he revealed this gifting through me for the well-being of the people I was with. And it's a lot more dynamic. And so it's this situational sense. I, you know, it's... Have you ever found yourself in a situation where someone's come to you and said, we really need someone, or I know someone that is very ill. Do you know of anyone that's a really good healer? And you sit there and you go, oh, who's a good healer? Who's got a great healing ministry? And then we'll go to the, you know, we'll go to the top end of town and we'll go, well, Randy Clark's not local. Uh, Bill Johnson's not there. Um... Gosh, you know, the elders of the church, they, they aren't there. And, then you, and you're scratching. So you go down this, this pecking list. Can I just say that's really unhealthy and unhelpful? Can I say that to you? Please, please don't do that. Please. Please do not do that. 
Now, the people that I've mentioned and the ones that we think about when we've asked, do you know anyone that's got a healing ministry? The reason why we go there is because those people, over a sense of time, have kind of continued to say, okay, God, train me some more in this. I want to grow in this. I want to expand in this area. Teach me. And, and they've invested themselves to grow in that particular grace of the Holy Spirit. And God's continued to invite them further and further and further into it. And it goes from just being a moment of, of situational, oh, look at that, God just did this through me, to I know now that whenever I step into this situation or any given situation like this, I am confident of the grace and the work and the giftings of the Holy Spirit through my life to address this situation. They've, they've matured in that gifting. And, um, and not to the exclusion of all the other gifts either, but in that particular vein, they have grown. Does, is, am I making sense there? It's really important that you get this. Really important that you get this. You know, because um, I've found myself numerous times in situations where people, A, may need physical healing. And I, with my, you know, um, lens, will often find myself disqualifying myself and going, well, who should I call in? Well, you know what? Everyone's, everyone's at work today and guess who's there? Me. I'm there. And so is Jesus. And so is the Holy Spirit. And so is all of who he is and his grace and his gifts. And so we approach these situations with, oh God, oh God, oh God, please give me the right gifts for this situation and circumstance. Whether it be a prophetic word, healing, uh, faith, uh, miracles, whatever it is, whatever the, the moment requires, God can grace us for it. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But, and so Paul here says, eagerly desire these greater gifts. In other words, he's saying, you can grow in these things. Grow more in these things. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. In other words, you can grow in learning to hear the voice of God. You can grow in learning to prophesy to people about the, the things that are on the heart of the Father so that they might be encouraged, equipped and built up. You can grow in these giftings. Um, and he, the Spirit, gives them to each one as he determined. Can I just give you a quick illustration of what I mean here? Last Sunday was, was great. Last Sunday morning... Oh, hang on, where am I? Yes, that's the one I want. The empty toolbox. Whoops. There we go. The empty toolbox. This is uh, um, some words that um, Wimber kind of used to help people and was great at it, helping people understand how to approach ministry, doing the stuff of Jesus wherever they find themselves. Not just in the gathering of the saints, but in aisle 12 or at the photocopier at work or, you know, in the coffee room at tea break, whatever, and wherever. Situation is situation. And um, he, he, he kind of used um, this language of the empty toolbox. But let me, let me give you an illustration. Last Sunday morning, there were some words of knowledge for healing. And one of the words of knowledge was that there was someone here with a very stiff and sore neck. And I think there was probably like about half a dozen people that went, oh, that's for me. 
And they all came out the front, and there was a bunch of other people that came out the front to get some prayer. Well, no, they, they didn't come out the front. They just stood where they were. Well, there was this one lady that stood up where she was. And what was super cool was there was these two 12-year-old girls. I don't think one of them's actually only 11. The other was 12. They approached this woman and said, what's wrong? She says, oh, the neck thing, that's me. And they, these, uh, this 11 and 12-year-old girls, just put their hands on this woman, that coming as they are, saying, Lord Jesus, would you take the sickness that's there away, take the pain that's there from a 10 to a zero right now in the name of Jesus. And I think it was after two, two goes, two sort of like, they prayed once and checked in, and they prayed again and checked in, and this woman was like, I, you know, I was kind of listening within earshot as to what was going on, because I'm always kind of like, give me some feedback here, God, I need to know what's going on. And um, they went, the, the woman said, my gosh, it's, I'm completely like healed. Complete, this 11 and 12 year old girl. Now, do they know what gifts of the spirit they have? I bet if you asked them, they would go, the what of the who? But they do love Jesus. And they did put themselves in a situation where they said, Jesus, use us. And the manifestation of the revealing, dancing love of the Holy Spirit looked at their availability and went, here, here's the tool for the job. And they just reached into the toolbox and went, God, this person needs healing. Can we please have some healing? And they applied the healing in the name of Jesus to this woman. And this woman received healing. Are these, are these 12, 11 and 12-year-old girls maturing their faith? Probably, I, don't, I don't know. I, they're growing in their faith. They're developing in their faith. But where's the line of maturity as to where they're growing and where I'm not growing? But these young girls gave themselves. And what we saw in that moment was that the power of God to heal and move today is for real. And that God works his power and love through people who are available. And God graced these 12-year-old girls in the moment. It was the dancing hand of God for the situation. And our approach should be the same wherever we find ourselves. So the next time, and I know it's going to happen in the course of this week, because we talk with people. And people, we're really good at telling each other how bad life is and what needs to change or what our issues are. It just flows out of us. Have you ever noticed that? When you get, how are you going? Well, well. How, how, Jesus has brought us into relationship and put us in those situations. Empty tool. I am traveling with the empty toolbox. And I'm just going to reach in and say, Oh God, they've presented the need. Oh God. And apply the tool of ministry. And a lot of the time, you don't even know what the tool is until you actually start allowing your heart to be given to the well-being of the other. This is, this is part of the dynamic of how God works through his spirit and spiritual gifts. Um, so there is situational anointing. So there is, in some sense, you know, there's some constitutional sort of like, yeah, these are your core kind of gifts like on Timothy that Paul was talking about. And then at the same time, there is just situational circumstances where it's like, oh my gosh, there's no healers around here except for 
Jesus and me, and come Holy Spirit, bring your healing power, and apply it to the, to the person to see the kingdom come. And it's a lot more dynamic. It's a lot more powerful. I don't, I don't want to say that the constitutional approach is the only approach. I, I don't believe that, but I do believe it's real. But I also want to do say that it's situational and the Holy Spirit, will, the dancing hand of God, will reveal himself through you to the situation at hand. Okay, now, hopefully that's kind of laid out the, the groundwork for you guys to get some track to run on, okay? Because usually we'll... Oh, well, I spoke about the personality stuff before. Everyone gets to play is a saying that we use in the vineyard. And, um, and that's because... The church exists for the sake of those who are exiled from God. Just let that sink for a minute, that first sentence. The church exists for the sake of those who are exiled from God. And we are called, as the church, to bring the gospel of the kingdom to every nook and cranny of creation. Remember those words of Jesus? Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Every nook and cranny. Go into every nook and cranny with the, as one who brings the kingdom of God. The good news that God is at hand. So is his rule and reign through Jesus. And he's able to turn all of this around as he brings you into his kingdom through his son, Jesus Christ. This is... And... and, and and what we do is we faithfully translate the message of Jesus into language and forms that are relevant for diverse people groups. In other words, we Australians, we do it differently to the way the people in Zambia do it, to the guys in Zambia, to the people who are in Sydney on the North Shore, to the people who are um, living in Alice Springs, to the people who are in New Zealand on the South Island. It's context different people we speak different ways we relate differently but the 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 joy that we get to do participate in is that god is going after every nook and cranny and like i said at the start the rock that fell from heaven in the book of daniel it's hit the earth here he is and he's broken the power of every other kingdom that ever was or will be and establishing now a kingdom in the earth and it will continue to grow and expand until he returns there is this expanding work going on every nook and cranny that's why we're here and that's when we get together like this we need to especially paul talks about prophecy so that we can build each other up so that we can join jesus in saving the world because it's the father's heart that none would perish but that all would come to repentance and the knowledge of jesus so have we made our, have we sort of, I think we've got enough in the, in, the, in, the, in the head there to work with for a week. Was there any point there along the way where you kind of felt like, oh, I don't know, I feel a bit uncomfortable with that. Was there any point where it was like, oh, I was a bit uncomfortable with that. But you know what? I want to step over that. I want to get over that. And I want to step through that. And I want to grow up in the things of God. Um, this morning... I want us to, I felt like the Lord um, said to me for ministry time, invite, invite my people to step outside of 
their thinking and their framework of disqualification based on how they view themselves, their view of maturity and their personality. Invite my people to step out of that and to step into the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit and he will always give you the right tool for the context. Step out of that and into that. Who would like to step out of their frameworks of disqualification and thinking and who would like to step into the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit who will, who will grace you for the moment and the context? Who would like to do that? If you would like to do that, why don't you just stand up where you are? Just stand up where you are and we'll just pray. Now, as you come to this, I will quote Randy Clark <laughs> and his book that he's written called There Is Always There Is More. There is more. I mean, if you've ever watched something of his life and story and the, the ministry of Jesus through him, it's it's really dynamic and expansive. But he's he's in the latter ages of his life writing books going, There's more. There's always more. This is how we're approaching this. God, I really do want to step into the more here. So why don't you just close your eyes and place your hands out in front of you and we'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come and begin to minister to you. Father, we come, we come to you boldly through Jesus, knowing that all of our stuff has been, and the sin has been just washed away and broken of us and we've been set free and we're people who are forgiven. And I thank you for the dynamic power and truth of that, that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. You've qualified us, Lord. And we thank you that you make that real to us, even right now for those of us who are standing up, by the person of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you now just let every heart begin to be filled now with the fire of the qualification of the love of God in Jesus Christ to participate with you, God, in moving in power, in moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, just warm our hearts now. Let us know it's you. And as you do that, Lord, with, with courage and joy, we lay down to you right now all of our thinkings and frameworks that, that we've lent on and lived within that have disqualified ourselves. We give you them now. We give you those frameworks right now. We surrender them to you. Our view of ourself how we feel about ourselves, the degree of maturity or immaturity that we may view ourselves with, and even how we've used our personality as a way to disqualify ourselves from joining you in your great love for the sake of others. Holy Spirit, we just surrender all these to Jesus right now. And we welcome you to just do a new work in us. You know, Trent prayed that, Lord, we, you would do something new. You would do something new. And so for all of us, Lord, that are standing right now, we just choose by faith 
knowing that there is always more of you to know and learn and grow and have well-being in. We choose now to step into and forward and say, here I am, God. Fill me with your spirit. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord, even, even as you'd use the people around me. But use me. Manifest your gifts through me, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.